Before we get started, we have some very exciting news to share. The second annual PetCon NYC will take place November 17th and 18th at the Javits Center. In case you're not familiar, PetCon is two days of insightful panels, fun activations, and can't-miss meet-and-greets with your favorite celebrity pets like Tuna Melts My Heart, Harlow and Sage, and Hamlet the Piggy. You'll discover new brands and can shop our highly curated selection of innovative favorite products. Hang out in the dog adoption garden and adoptable cat cafe, and maybe even bring home a furry best friend or two. We just started selling tickets and have a limited number of early bird tickets available, so make sure to visit petcon.co, that's P-E-T-C-O-N.co, and get your tickets today. You won't want to miss this. Now back to our podcast. Hi, I'm Lonnie Edwards, the founder of The Dog Agency and Pet Insider, and you're listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. This is a show about the latest and greatest across the pet world. Whether you're a pet parent or just a little pet crazy, Pet Insider has you covered. We get it. We're obsessed too. This is a little weird. I'm following all these strangers because I like their dog. And I couldn't also help but notice that these pictures of dogs were like getting the most likes, including my own pictures of my Lucy. And so, you know, I kind of just put that all together and I realized there's probably an opportunity for somebody to build a community on Instagram for dog lovers. That was Ahmed El Shabagi, the human behind one of the most popular pet Instagram accounts, Dogs of Instagram, and clients of the dog agency. Ahmed and Ashley will discuss how their pet project became a full-time job, what it's like running a business with your spouse, and the challenges and successes of creating their e-commerce site, Lucy & Co. Now let's get back to Ahmed and Ashley. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having us, Lonnie. How did you guys meet? Let's let's start from the beginning. We met back in 2011 through uh, a mutual friend. Ashley was writing for uh, a mutual friend's blog, and she actually invited me to a focus group that she was conducting for her job. And um, I showed up to the focus group, and it just so happened to be um, exactly 10 days after I launched the account Dogs of Instagram and a friend congratulated me on a thousand followers that day um and ashley happened to be there and i think it i think it sparked her curiosity i mean i like to pick all of my love interests based on how many instagram followers they have (laughs) (laughs) and what were you guys both doing as your full-time jobs at the time at the time i was working for target corp in finance And I was working for a co-working space um, as a director of community. So you guys met, you heard you had a thousand followers. What happened next? Uh, We hung out. Um, There was definitely some romantic interest. Um, But what was really funny about it is a lot of our first dates were more like business meetings um, (laughs) where we were just like, we've got this really cool, or you, you know, Ahmed's got this really cool account. What are we going to do with it? What's our strategy? What's like the long-term goal with it? Um, and so that has always been part of our, our relationship. Yeah. Back in 2011, Instagram wasn't really a thing quite yet. Um, and certainly dogs on Instagram wasn't a thing. And so I just had so many questions and I couldn't help but ask like, what are you going to do with this? What's the grand plan? Um, do you think that you're going to keep your job forever or do you think that there's an opportunity here for you to do a, a pet project as your full-time job? And actually, what led you to start the account to begin with, Ahmed? 
So, um, you know, I'm on Instagram really early on. And at the time, you know, because it was so early, there wasn't like a lot of my friends on there. So people who were on Instagram at the time would find, you know, strangers to follow, usually off the popular page. It was an, an old feature on Instagram. Um, and so, you know, I found myself, you know, I would find like pictures of cute dogs on the popular page and I would follow whatever account posted them because I wanted to see more pictures of that dog. But then like, I would realize like, oh, I've got to see like people's like family vacations and like other things I wasn't really interested in. Plus I was like, this is a little weird. I'm following all these strangers because I like their dog. And I couldn't also help but notice that these pictures of dogs were like getting the most likes, including my own pictures of my Lucy. And so, you know, I kind of just put that all together and I realized there's probably an opportunity for somebody to build a community on Instagram for dog lovers that's very like photo centric. And, you know, maybe over time, that community could grow to a few thousand followers. And how did it uh, grow from that thousand after you and Ashley started having these business meetings slash dates? Like what, how did the ideas kind of help grow the account? We came up with some principles for how we wanted to run Dogs of Instagram. And I think those really um, helped our account. And so, um, you know, those principles were the first thing that we talked about was that this account had to be all about community first. So it's not about us. It's not about Lucy. Uh, We wanted to make sure that every photo we ever post receives credit with zero exceptions. Um, We wanted to make sure that, you know, captions are quoted from the contributors. So it really feels like it's about whoever we're featuring. And one of the biggest and I think most important things that we did that was unlike, I think, any other accounts that, you know, tried to do the same thing after us. Um, was that we took submissions only via email, which I think over time created a certain level of engagement with Dogs of Instagram um, because, you know, the photos we were featuring, the contributors really wanted to be on Dogs of Instagram. I mean, they took the time to submit a photo, um, you know, via email. And so there was really no question ever about, do we have permission to use this photo? It wasn't like we were just, you know, finding them on, on hashtags. Um, so that was kind of the, the first pillar was community first. Yeah. And then in the very early days, we decided that we only wanted to share awesome photos of dogs. So we established consistency as our, our second pillar, which was, you know, there was consistency in the content. You'd all, always, always, always could find a dog in the photo. But then also quality was really important to us. So there was consistency in the quality. Within that, you know, in the early days when we were just getting a couple of submissions here and there, if we didn't get a, a submission that met our standards for quality, we would take a day or two to post and wait until we had the next amazing photo that we felt like really was worth sharing with our, our growing followers. Yeah, and the and kind of back to your question, the, the growth was really exponential after that first thousand followers. It really did just grow super fast. Um, I think maybe exactly two months after that, the the day we met each other, we hit ten thousand followers. Um, and something really interesting is, I actually, you know, after we hit twenty thousand followers, um, I kind of took a break from Dogs of Instagram. I wasn't really sure where I was going to go with it. Um, life got busy and I actually stopped posting for a few months, um, completely stopped posting. And when I checked the account again, I think it was Ashley who checked it. Um, it had doubled from 20,000 followers to 40,000 followers without a single piece of content. 
So, I mean, that just speaks to, you know, the timing. It, it, Instagram itself was just growing so fast at the time. Um, but it also speaks to, you know, everything from like the account's name to the bio. When people found the account, it was pretty clear to them what it was and it was something they wanted to follow. Um, and that really helped its growth. In creating that brand so people knew what they were coming to when they came to your page and selecting the photos and having the stories, how did you come up with that as the plan? We wanted to create a community. Um, and so I knew that with Instagram, you know, when, 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 when an account catches your attention, the first thing that people do is they go and they, they look at that account's profile and they're going to read the name of the account, they're going to read the bio, and they're going to probably look at the last three photos. So the name of the account being Dogs of Instagram really explained what the account was to whoever was looking at it. Um, it was an account about dogs on Instagram. Um, the bio was, again, sort of reinforcing that. And then our obsession with quality meant that no matter when someone saw the account, the last three photos were going to be really, really great. And the last three photos were going to be representative of what they can expect from the account in the future. And so I think that that really, again, contributed to, to the account's growth and um, really contributed to the, to the sense of community that we were trying to establish. And you said you noticed when you were starting it that the photos with dogs had the most likes, the most engagements. Why do you think that is? I think that dogs are just so universally loved. Uh, they really represent everything that is is good about people and um, they have characteristics and qualities that we all kind of strive to, to have either in ourselves or in loved ones. Um, and before Instagram, there hadn't really been a photo first social media platform. Um, Twitter was the big thing at the time, but a dogs of Instagram wouldn't have really worked on Twitter because it was it was text based and you can talk about dogs all day long, but it was this it was like these photos of dogs that really brought dogs to life. And I think what also makes dogs really unique is that there are so many different breeds, there are so many unique dogs. And they're all over the world. And it was just like Instagram allowed people to look at all these dogs from all over the world for the first time and like share each other's dogs. And people with certain breeds of dogs could find other people with the same breed. And and it just like created like this just entire subculture um, on Instagram. Had dogs always been a big part of your life? I know you had Lucy when you started it, but were you always a dog person? Ironically enough, no. Um, I, I now you're the have, dog person. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be a dog person, but I wasn't. You know, growing up, um, our family didn't have any pets. As a matter of fact, I, I'm a little embarrassed to admit I was like kind of scared of dogs um, until I was probably like a teenager, um, and I never really planned on on getting a dog. And it and it was very spontaneous when I decided to get Lucy. Um, back in 2009 but it was really was love at first sight and you know once I had her she was you know part of my everyday life and um, my my love for dogs just grew really really fast from that point and um, you know again my first upload on Instagram was a picture of Lucy. And what was it like when you started getting this massive following and um, people started knowing you as the dogs of Instagram guy. So 
You'd be surprised. I actually didn't really tell a lot of people that I was doing this project because I wasn't really sure like why I was doing it or what it was going to lead to. So some, you know, a lot of my acquaintances and even people I would consider friends didn't really find out until we got we got written up in um, a newspaper here in Minneapolis about what we were doing with Dogs of Instagram. And people were like, wait, what? You have an account that has 200,000 followers? Like, why didn't, you know, why don't you ever talk about this? And, you know, I talked about it to my closest friends. But um, again, I think I was just a little bit like not sure where it was going. And I, I just didn't want to like talk it up until it really did become something. But, um, you know, once we we got our like 15 minutes of fame. It was really exciting at the time and it felt like we were doing something really cool. And I think it really pushed us to think, you know, think about it in a different way and think about the long term and like think about what we're going to do with this platform, um, you know, both professionally, but also like what are we going to do for dogs? What are we going to do for the community? And how will this become a part of our lives? Are there any funny stories about developing this big following? I know there's one you told me a while ago. So from my perspective, and, and this story might be funny to hear from both Ashley and I's perspectives. Uh, from my perspective, I'm sitting at work at Target um, and my phone goes off and there's a tweet where Dogs of Instagram is tagged and this like young blonde lady tweeted something like, oh my God, met the owner of dogs of Instagram last night, so hot or like something like that. And I'm sitting there at work and I'm like, I do not remember meeting this girl and I'm going to be in so much trouble if Ashley sees this tweet. And it literally like didn't even finish my thought. And I got a text screenshot from Ashley of that tweet. Yeah, that's one of the joys and pain points of sharing an account with your significant other. Uh, both your phones are hooked up to all the same accounts and you get the same <laughs> notifications. So um, it took me a second, but then I remembered that the night before, my friend had texted me and was like, hey, I'm talking to this girl. She's a big dog lover. Can I please pretend to be the founder <laughs> of Dogs of Instagram? And I'm like, yeah, sure, man. Go ahead. <laughs> and like, didn't think anything of it. And then it hit me the next day that like, oh, she didn't meet me. She met him. Um, luckily, Ashley, she she believed me, I think. Luckily, we were on the couch together the night before uh, curating pictures for our, our dog account. Yeah, so had a, had he had a, an alibi. I had a good alibi. <laughs> you touched on this a little bit, but the way you've kind of expanded, now you're doing so much focus on rescue. Can you talk about that evolution and how you started doing that? Yeah, so... It was kind of natural, you know, we knew we had a big platform um, and we knew we had this opportunity to help dogs. Um, our first kind of foray into doing that was establishing a partnership with an organization that we really respected when we learned about them, um, named Susie Senior Dogs. And, you know, there are a lot of various efforts out there in the world to, to, to help dogs. And this one really struck a chord with us because they wanted to help a specific group of dogs, which are senior dogs. And they're the ones that are most often overlooked for adoption because a lot of times people want a younger dog or they want a puppy because they want to raise it. Um, and so they're the ones that often get neglected. And, you know, when we kind of learned about that, we thought, all right, well, maybe maybe this is our calling and maybe this is something we can help. So we established this partnership 
with Susie Senior Dogs more than five years ago, and it's still something we do every single Sunday. We highlight um, either an adoptable senior dog or a feel-good adoption story. And I really believe that over those five years, we've really made an impact and helped that organization grow their own following and have hopefully helped a lot of older dogs find their forever homes and um, have a good quality of life for their remaining days. So that was our kind of our first big thing. But we were still getting a lot of requests. I mean, we get them still every single day. People want us to to, to help out with something or um, support some organization. And obviously, it's impossible to, to even, you know, reply to every single one of those. And so I wanted to think of a way where we could, again, use our platform to help dogs in a big way um, that's sustainable. And so about two years ago, we came up with the idea of actually creating an offshoot account called Dogs of Shelters that would be part of the Dogs of brand, but would be completely dedicated to promoting rescue and adoption in general. And so we partnered with some bigger rescue organizations um, that could sort of always feed us um you know, information and photos for adoptable dogs from around the country that we can post to um, to the account. And the idea isn't that we're necessarily going to get, you know, thousands of dogs adopted, specifically the ones we post off the account, but it's it was more to s- just continue to push this message of adoption in general. So if we post an adoptable dog you know, in Wyoming, we may not have a lot of followers that can adopt that specific dog, but we hope that it will inspire people to just think about rescue and adoption in general. We also post adoption stories as well on there um, because a lot of times those really resonate with people and might give them the push they need to, to consider rescue and adoption as their as their choice. And so you also have started another company, Lucy & Co. Can you talk about that a little bit? We had this really popular account, Dogs of Instagram, and we really wanted to think about, you know, how this was going to impact our lives professionally and like what we're going to do with this for the long term. And so back in 2014, um, Dogs of Instagram started becoming more and more of a business for us. We were doing all these partnerships with, with awesome brands. And, and so, you know, we started to kind of throw around the idea of, all right, like, what if we one or both of us left our jobs and like focused on this full time. But, you know, it sort of hit us that like, if we're going to do that, we're going to need to have, you know, something else that we can dedicate our 40 plus hours of freed up time every week. And both Ashley and I have uh, a big passion for retail. And so we decided to launch this concept of Lucy and Co. And what we were trying to do at the time was we were trying to fill what we saw as a gap in the marketplace for for things that you would buy for your dogs, you know the 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 marketplace had been dominated for decades by you know big box pet specialty retailers and the merchandise they carried, and we felt like a lot of um, younger people like us, a lot of millennials, were looking for a different kind of product for their dog. Uh, they were looking for things that uh, were representative of what they shop for for themselves. Um, and there weren't really a lot of companies doing that. There were maybe some small, you know, family businesses and things like that. But there really wasn't a company out there that was really trying to, to fill that gap and, of uh, you know, making like really thoughtfully designed quality products. And so 
you know, we'd never made product before. So when we launched, we decided to to just launch a boutique. We were going to curate this product out in the marketplace or find a way to collaborate with existing companies to make them if they didn't exist. Um, but we were much more of a boutique. Over the last three years, we've really evolved from a boutique to a brand. Um, we realized that by making our own product, we could make the things that the exact things that we thought were missing um, in the marketplace, and we can be more responsive to our customers and what they're looking for. And so we launched our first private label line, which is our dog bandanas, about two years ago, which has been a huge success for us and inspired us to continue to launch new product lines. And we've launched now vests and hoodies and harnesses and leashes all under the Lucy & Co. brand, which has been so much fun because you know again it's it's allowed us to like parlay what we were doing with dogs of instagram um into a retail endeavor that we we're both really passionate about um and it also created a new way for us to help dogs we we use again our platform on lucy and co to form partnerships you know periodically with companies like found my animal where we'll do a campaign and we'll raise money to get you know dogs rescued from you know, Miami Day shelters. Um, we constantly donate product to shelter dogs so that they look good in their photos and have a higher chance of getting adopted. Um, that's something that we've seen a, a big positive response from the shelters and it's something that is easy for us to do. And so we do that um, quite often. And so um, it's been a lot of fun uh, being able to leverage that platform that we built to create something that we are both really passionate about. And at what point did you feel that this was a full-time job and you were ready to leave your other careers? Back in, in 2011, um, we, you know, again, Dogs of Instagram was turning into a little bit more of a business. But when we decided to launch Lucy & Co., we did go all in. So we, we both quit our jobs on the same day, one week before Lucy & Co.'s website was going to launch. So it was definitely... I would say a little bit of a risky move, but, um, you know, I just felt at the time, like if we don't go all in on this, it's never really gonna, gonna pan out the way we want it to. Um, we just got to give it a hundred percent and hope that it works. Um, and so, you know, given just like how much of a challenge retail has been as it is, I can't even imagine how we would have done it if either of us had our full-time job still. Uh, we did have a plan in place. We had been working on it for six months behind the scene. We had money saved up. You know, I have had people that have, have come up to me over the years and said, hey, you know, I'm really sick of my job. Um, you know, I'm thinking about quitting and, and just doing something that I, that I love. What do you think? And the first thing I usually say is, well, what are you going to do? And they usually say, I don't know yet. Um, and I'll always respond to that and say, don't quit your job. <laughs> don't quit your job until you know what you want to do. You have something that you've like started to some degree, like you've got some momentum going. And the only way to press the gas on that momentum is to quit your job. That's the time to quit your job. But I, I would never advise somebody to just quit their job and then figure out what, what they're going to do. And though it was totally risky, we were broaching a point where Dogs of Instagram was starting to take up way more time. Um, you know, we were popping in and out of work to take 
phone calls for dogs of Instagram on our lunch breaks. And we were requesting time off here and there to go to various dog events around the nation that we were being invited to. Um, I think one thing that people don't typically um, know about our story is that we were working quietly on Lucy and Co and kind of testing that idea for the six months leading up to us taking that leap of faith and actually quitting our jobs. It wasn't like we walked into our boss's office on a Monday, quit our jobs and then said, okay, what are we going to do now? Um, we did have some money in savings and we also um, had an idea that we thought had legs. What was that process like considering you had no background in manufacturing? How did you go about figuring out the sizing and the the materials and creating the brand and making the products? Our process was to make a ton of mistakes. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's literally what happened. Um, we, you know, we tried everything and we, we had a lot of missteps along the way, you know, spent a lot of money on things that didn't work out or a lot of time. But the good news is that we've learned a ton from all those mistakes and um, we've now kind of reached a point where we figured out where we need to source. Uh, and you do everything locally, production. right? Uh, not everything. So um, we do things locally where it makes sense. So our, our, our most important collection is our bananas and we do those here in Minneapolis. So they are locally made. Um, some of our, our other product is made overseas. You know, with that product, we actually, we used to make it in the U.S. and we actually found out that in some cases, the quality is actually better if you make it overseas because if you find a supplier that already specializes in like making that product and making it well, you get a much better product um, than if you get it made here with someone who doesn't have a lot of experience making that type of product. The other thing that we found challenging about um, producing things domestically is um, unless you're doing really, really big volumes, um, a lot of times manufacturers here in the, uh, in the U.S. don't really even want to talk to you. And so um, we found a little bit more success with doing some of our product, uh, the manufacturing overseas. But everything is, you know, everything is designed here um, by us. Um, everything is fulfilled to the customer from our office here in Minneapolis. Um, you know, it's packed by us and, and with a lot of love. How is it like working together and living together and being a family and the division of labor and shutting off and having some form of work-life balance? I always say that working with your spouse is amazing and challenging. Like all of Ahmed's successes at work are my successes and all of his failures and frustrations are my failures and frustrations. So we share this really unique bond where he understands so many aspects of my life. Like it's different than when we worked separately at two different jobs and um, I'd come home and I'd, you know, rant about a, something that was happening at work and he just really didn't have that context. So it's cool because we, we share a lot. But what is also true is that there's no real ch separation of church and state. So if we are going through something at work where we're just like not agreeing on our on, on a decision that sometimes can bleed into our um, personal relationship and vice versa. Um, however, I will say that working with our spouse and sharing a dog that we love and having a, a young son, so um, it does make... <laughs> Thank you. I grew him myself, unlike my first child, Lucy. Um, but what is really cool is, you know, we can all pack up and take off for the weekend and, um, you know, go on a hike with Lucy 
and we're still somehow connected to our work, which is dogs, but also um, our our love and our passion, which is also dogs. What advice do you have for others that are thinking of going into business with their significant other? Don't do it. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, I mean, it definitely was challenging at first. But if you if you want to test out, um, you know, your relationship's potential, you know, go into business together. And if you can do that successfully and you can function, then you can probably, um, you know, function in, in a romantic relationship. So, you know, I look at it like that, like like us us going into business together was sort of like a test. If we can get through figuring out how to work together, we can probably figure out how to work together on anything else um, in the future. So, um, yeah. So my advice is use it as a test if you if you really need to. And you said you were kind of testing it out in the six months leading up to taking the leap. How are you testing it, and how do you recommend other people test their ideas? Yeah. So, um, you know, we were doing a lot of research. So we were going out and talking to existing brands. Um, a lot of brands that weren't making stuff for dogs, but that we thought, hey, like you make really awesome leather products. Like, would you be interested in making a dog collar and leash? So we were doing like product development ahead of launching. Um, we know we were getting samples made. We were figuring out prices. We were figuring out any minimum order quantities that would apply. We we're figuring out any quality issues. Um, we were testing the marketplace by posting um you know, set product on dogs of Instagram and asking our audience what they thought about it um, and testing things against each other. And that's something that we continue to do to this day. Um, It's just an an awesome way to like figure out what you need to be doing is just ask your audience, ask your customer. Um, And so that, that proved to be really successful for us at the time. And it, and it felt from that point, like, okay, like our instinct was right. Like people want these things. Um, and so it made us feel just a little bit more confident going into this um, this new venture. And have you thought about expanding to other platforms beyond Instagram? Yeah, it's definitely something that that we're open to. Um, and it's something that we could have done. Again, our, our most limited resource is time. And so, you know, we decided to use our time to launch Lucy and Co and to launch Dogs of Shelters and to do story takeovers instead of, you know, let's say launching a YouTube channel. Um, It's definitely something that we, you know, it's still kind of in the back of our minds, but ultimately we decided to continue to devote ourselves to the Instagram platform. It's just like, it's just such an obvious an awesome platform for what we're doing. It's 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 a photo and video first, and um, there's just really no better way to talk about our, our four-legged friends than to than to show a picture or a video of them and let their personalities speak for themselves. And speaking of time, how do you divide up your time between dogs of Instagram, dogs of shelters, Lucy and Co, and family life? We have some help, and so we have a full-time employee that helps us with Lucy and Co. and a little bit with Dogs of Instagram, um, and then we have some other. Um, we have kind of a network of, of people that that help us with uh, various tasks, and what that's allowed us to do is it allowed Ashley and I to continue to um, be able to do the things that are like very strategically important for both Dogs of Instagram and Lucy and Co. So for example, 
every single post that goes up on either Dogs of Instagram or Lucy and Co's Instagram um, is posted by us. So we wanted to remain very close to the things that were core about the two projects, um, but then still be able to, um, you know, do a lot of other things. So, you know, long story short, it's all about delegating and um, figuring out what you need to be doing and what things you'd be willing to give up and trust that somebody can do well. Um, But that said, we're still trying to figure it out. It's definitely, it's not easy. Uh, You know, we've got, we've got our family, we've got the two projects. And like Ashley mentioned before, um, there really are no boundaries. It's, It's sometimes we're at the office, there's two dogs, three humans and a baby and we're trying to have a meeting um and so that's just the life we chose and we we just figure it out each and every single day and is the office in your home or is that a separate space when we first started um when we quit our jobs and we first started doing dogs of instagram and lucy and co full-time we worked out of um a one-bedroom apartment here in minneapolis um we were you know you can curate dog photos on the couch or at the kitchen table but we were holding all of our lucy and co product in our pantry funny enough and we were starting to to feel it a little bit so uh our grand idea was to move into a two-bedroom apartment and to devote a whole bedroom to inventory management um and we did that for another year So about two and a half years into Lucy & Co., we made the leap, and we weren't sure that we were going to have a spatial need for a whole office, but we did find the perfect space. Um, And funny enough, uh, we've been in this space now for two years. We have an office, but it's three blocks from our house, so we're never far away. (laughs) But you have that separation now, which I'm sure is incredible. Yeah, honestly, just moving... um, the boxes and the leashes and the collars and everything from, um, you know, a, a view line from my <laughs> bed, uh, that has made a world of difference. It's easier to, to um, disconnect from work. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you, Lonnie. This was a lot of fun. Um, it's always fun for us to kind of relive the, the, the seven years that we've, been, that we've been at it. So thank you for having us. <laughs> thank you. I'll talk to you soon. That was Ahmed El Shabagi and Ashley Paguyo El Shabagi, the humans behind one of the most popular pet Instagram accounts, Dogs of Instagram. To keep up with Ahmed and Ashley, follow them on Instagram at their main page, Dogs of Instagram, their rescue page, Dogs of Shelters, and their e-commerce page, LucyAnn.co. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please leave us an awesome review and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you have any pet-related topics you want us to cover, email us at podcast at petinsider.com. To listen to past episodes, visit petinsider.com slash podcast. I'm Lonnie Edwards, and thank you for listening to the Pet Insider Podcast. Talk soon.